0: Today on the ZabeCast, the NFL's first full weekend of preseason games is in the books. Everybody overreact in 3, 2, 1. I've been ripped off before, but I think I've come upon the biggest scam ripoff in the history of modern products. All that, plus it wasn't the house I'll miss. It was the digits. Your 30-minute dose of pure me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. Here we go. Monday, August 14, 2023. Thank you for downloading. It is great to be back home in studio, in my home studio here, rested, tan, and ready to go. Hilton Head was wonderful. Had a great time. Played a little golf. Thank you to Charlie Blackwell, who is a long... Black! Black! Goddamn Gerd. Charlie Blackwell who is a long-time listener and a full-time caddy down there at Harbortown. You know, he's a he's a pro jock. He's a looper. And just a great guy, big fan, listener for a long time, took me out and uh, to Harbortown. We got a special caddy rate. He paid the caddy rate for me. I accepted graciously. But don't worry. I gave him total consciousness on his deathbed in exchange for it. <laughs> Had a good week. He was hot as blazes. woo baby. But what do you want? Low country in the middle of August? That's what you're going to get. Good food, good times, good to be with my family. And it's over. I know some people are capable of taking two-week two vacations. Someday, I guess, I'll be there. I, I'm not there. I, once I'm a week in, no matter what I'm doing, I'm ready to come back and it's good to be back. So that said, solo pod today. We have a target rich environment. I mean, I call days <clears throat> I call days like these the Highway of Death type sports radio slash podcast days. The Highway of Death being a reference to Gulf War One when the Iraqi so-called elite. Republican Guard. I remember how hyped up they were. Oh, oh, it's the Republican Guard. It's the best of the best. They sucked. (laughs) Compared to us. I mean, they were better than the other shitty parts of the Iraqi army. But still, when everything started collapsing in Kuwait and the elite Republican Guard tried to flee back to Iraq, and they were on one big, long highway from, I guess, uh, uh, Kuwait to Baghdad, our military couldn't get the bombs on the planes fast enough. And the pictures and the videos afterwards of that highway of just bombed-out vehicle, bombed-out vehicle, bombed-out vehicle, one after another after another. Tanks, armored personnel carriers— uh The odd fiat that was stolen from some dude, Mercedes Benzes from the stolen from the rich dudes in Kuwait kaboom 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 couldn't get that's how target rich and easy the plucking was that's how it is today, and I think it's going to be this way for a good long time because football is ramping up let's start with cut one, Dude, welcome to the bro show. So as I was on vacation, I had a chance to listen to some other podcasts because I know you have your choice in podcasts every single day. Your ears only have so many hours in the day. And I wanted to check out some of the other very popular, well-known podcasts or shows. And so I checked out Pat McAfee's show. Very popular, very successful, now very rich. And he's going to be doing his thing for ESPN. I genuinely want to know from those who listen, what do you enjoy the most out of listening to McAfee? Because I was a little bit taken aback with how um, thin I thought some of the commentary and or the rambunctiousness, which I thought was a hallmark of his show, actually was. I was... Stunned at one point in which it seems like McAfee pulled one of his guys off of what could have been a very productive and funny little riff about former Jets defensive end Joe Klecko, who went into the Hall of Fame. Klecko appeared on the Hall of Fame broadcast and was being interviewed, and he looked crazy, <laughs> like he was ready to go rip somebody's head off. Still, after all these years. And so one of McAfee's guys, and I don't know how you keep track of all the guys on his show, was sort of joking about the crazy Klecko eyes. And I'm like, yeah, I noticed that. Keep going. I'm listening. Uh Uh-oh, hold up. Let him cook. And out of nowhere, McAfee's like, "Whoa, whoa, hey, hey, man, what are we doing, man? Oh, come on. Hey, relax. Okay. And then he just, McAfee just... Steered the conversation straight off of it. It was also quite apparent that McAfee is still very pro-Jim Ursay. Because when it came to commenting about the situation with uh, Jonathan Taylor, oh, McAfee was, had no appetite for taking the player's side on this. Had no appetite for saying, what is Jim Ursay doing for God's sakes? This kid is a great kid who's done everything you've asked. He's ran his ass off. He wants a proper contract. It was quite the opposite. So, I don't know. I just thought, okay, I thought McAfee was a wilder. I thought the McAfee show was a wilder ride. They get great guests, no question about it. Part of why they get great guests is because, well, they make sure to let every guest, no matter how douchebaggy the guest is, Have a pleasant time. For example, Johnny Manziel. Manziel was on to talk about the Netflix documentary out about him, which I haven't seen yet, but I'm gonna. And Manziel was talking about all the money he made selling autographs illegally at the time, in violation of the current of the rules at the time of amateur status. And you know, just talking about what that led to. If you got money, now you can buy drugs. He loved his drugs, didn't really get into his drug use, although did admit to it, but didn't get too much into it. And then was talking about the current NIL situation where players like him now can legally make as much money as Manziel did, if not way more. And I think he touched on how poorly, and I'll give Manzel credit, he said, I handled it very, very poorly. And I'm sitting there listening, going, okay, okay, somebody, Pat, somebody on the show, jump on the loose ball. We're creating an environment now where we're going to have way more Johnny Manziels, hormone juiced up, horny as fuck, alpha athlete, college football players who suddenly have several million dollars in their back pocket. How do you think they're going to be able to handle it? Now, some will handle it just fine and go on to be really good pros. Many more, though, will not. Is it really a good thing that we're creating essentially a Johnny Manziel factory with all this nil money? Because you put that much money into a college kid who's still, and, you know, okay, it's a lot of money from the NIL stuff, but the real money for players and especially for Johnny Manziel Money that was going to last, and I don't know how much money Johnny Manziel has left from his pro career, or his autographs, or this stupid fucking bar he's opening. I don't think it's a whole lot. The real money was for him to be a successful 10, 15-year quarterback in the NFL. And that went down the drain. So how many more college athletes will get a million bucks in nil money, go crazy, do drugs? fuck their career up, and end up washed off on the side of the road. Eventually, they'll stop making Netflix documentaries on the next Johnny Manziel and the next Johnny Manziel because it'll be a rather boring story. But I digress. McAfee is hugely successful. Lots of people love him. Honest, serious question. What do you love about him the most? Because the, the one episode I listened to didn't seem to have a whole lot of teeth to it in terms of actual, oh yeah, look at McAfee go, fuck, he's just saying it. It seemed to be a lot of dude broing. Cut two. Everybody looks good. Welcome to the NFL preseason. Even teams that did not look good, in fact. Like, say, the Panthers, who scored uh, zero points. The only team to get shut out in the preseason. Uh, The Dolphins scored three points. They didn't look good. But you can pretty much look at any NFL preseason game and pick and choose, ooh, that guy looked good. Ooh, I like that guy. And if you've been around more than two hot minutes, you know it's all funhouse mirrors. But that said... I have here on two note, two note cards. I went through every box score, every recap, just quick scan, quick scan, quick scan. I want to see who played, who didn't play. I'm going to run down all the games. You ready? Saints beat the Bengals, or Saints beat the Chiefs, excuse me, 26-24. Patrick Mahomes got a no-thank-you portion of action, two-for-two two throwing, quickly pulled out of the game. Derek Carr got his start for the Chiefs, or for the Saints, I should say. He was six-for-eight with a touchdown. There was a blame- Gabbert sighting in this game. That guy is still in the league or hanging on to the last rung of the rope ladder at the bottom of the NFL helicopter. Good for him. Raiders crushed the Niners 34-7. to seven. No, there was no Jimmy Garoppolo and there was no Brock Purdy. There was a lot of Aiden O'Connell, the fourth round pick out of Purdue for the Raiders who played in this game. The Niners played a little bit of Trey Lance, a little bit of Sam Darnold. There's rumors that Trey Lance could be cut by the end of the preseason because Sam Darnold has looked that good. I'll believe it when I see it. Bills beat the Colts 23-19. The headline here is, DeMar Hamlin was back on the football field and playing. My wife saw that. She goes, with one giant raised eyebrow, Really? He's playing again. I go, yep, honey. They said it was Commodio Cortis. One in a million shot. Everything is good. Sort of like Fusilli Jerry in Seinfeld. One in a million shot. What do you figure? I hope and pray that that's indeed the case because. God help us if it's not good for DeMar, though. Happy for him. And he played again. Anthony Richardson, the rookie for the Colts, struggled. According to the recap, 7 of 12 and a pick. Uh, There was no Josh Allen, but there was a Kyle Allen, if you care about that. Oh, and there was a Matt Barkley. Matt Barkley played a lot in this game for the Bills. He's still in the league, which stuns me. Bears over the Titans, 23-17. And yes, Justin Fields was the darling of this game. Bear fans, positively moist After seeing his performance, three for three, two touchdowns, including one to his new target, D.J. Moore. 129 yards on three throws for Justin Fields. (laughs) The Bear fans are so excited. By the way, this Bears team is coming to rip the Packers' arms off in week one at Soldier Field. So be ready for hell, Packers. They are hungry after all these years of getting humiliated by Aaron Charles Rogers. Uh, the Titans did not play Tannehill. They played a little bit of uh, Will Levis, and they played a little bit of Malik Willis. What you talking about, Willis? It's funny the Panthers have or the uh, Titans have two projects behind a guy himself in Tannehill as a converted wide receiver. Weird. But we'll see how that shakes out in Tennessee. Jets over the Titans, or Panthers, excuse me. I'm making a lot of mistakes. It's preseason for me, too. Jets over the Panthers, 27 to nothing. Spoiling Bryce Young's rookie debut. Uh, The Alabama product was four for six for 21 yards. No Aaron Rodgers in this one. The Jets roll 27-nothing. Jaguars beat the Cowboys 28 to 23. It was the Deuce Vaughn show, the diminutive running back. Rookie was eight carries for 50 yards and a touchdown. A little, a whole bunch of whoop, 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 whoop. Calvin Ridley played, caught two passes in this one. No Dak. They did play Will Greer. The Cowboys did instead. Trevor Lawrence played five for six, one touchdown, one INT. Then he took the bench. Ravens over the Eagles, 20 to 19. That's 24 in a row now. What do you mean 24 in a row? Uh, 24 wins in the preseason for the Baltimore Ravens in a row. <laughs> that is a NFL record that keeps on growing. They beat the Eagles in a game I watched a good chunk of or I listened to a good chunk of while working on my putting in the basement. Uh, sidebar, it's still tragic. And no Jalen Hurts, no Lamar Jackson. Uh, Josh Johnson. There was a Josh Johnson citing at quarterback for the Ravens in this one. He... Two is still in the league, which stuns me. Uh, Justin Tucker kicked a 60-yard field goal. Why? Because that's what he does. He's the best leg in the game. Chargers beat the Rams 34-17. to Were you looking for Justin Herbert? Were you looking for Matt Stafford? Well, sorry, we're out. Sort of like the McFlurry machine, it's broken. You did get Easton Stick out of North Dakota State for the Chargers. What a name. Best name in football, Easton and stick oh and uh, Max Dugan played uh, the TCU product who is really a long shot I think to uh, make it in this league gritty gutty undersized not a lot of tools at the pro level Uh, Stetson Bennett started for the Rams or didn't start but he played uh, 17 to 29 191 yards and a touchdown so maybe the Rams have something in Stetson Bennett the fourth round pick out of Georgia the Falcons beat the Dolphins 19 to three no Tua. No Tyreek Hill, no Jalen Waddell. Was it even the Dolphins who played? The answer is no, it was not. Uh, the Dolphins somehow had 11 wide receivers catch a pass. They targeted 14 wide receivers. And that's the way this game went. The Falcons started Logan Woodside at quarterback, played the entire game. <laughs> They have Desmond Ritter, and now they have Taylor Heineke as their presumed 1-2. But Logan Woodside played the whole game out of Toledo. And I'm sure probably stole the jersey after the game to make sure to save it because I doubt he'll stay in the league. Uh, no uh, no Bijon Robinson, uh, their star running back, the eighth pick in the NFL draft. And there's the first note card. Second note card. Packers beat the Bengals 36-19. Jordan Love looked good. But missed a couple of throws, seven for 10, did throw a touchdown, then exited the game. Sean Clifford out of Penn State, who fifth round pick, a lot of people said, this guy sucks. He's completely average at best. He's not a pro. They're so confident in Clifford as their backup in Green Bay. They cut Danny Etling last week and Clifford made some plays. He also threw a couple of picks. It was a fun game. It was an interesting game, lots of mistakes, lots of turnovers. Uh, no Joe Burrow, obviously, still recovering from that strained calf. Trevor Simeon, still in the league, shockingly, played a lot for the Bengals in this one. The Lions beat the Giants 21-16. to It was the Nate Sudfeld versus Tommy DeVito show. Yes, Nate Sudfeld still in the league, out of Indiana, against Tommy DeVito, the pride of Illinois. Uh, Jameer Gibbs did play for the Lions in this one. Their rookie running back, six carries, 19 yards. Uh, no Saquon Barkley, obviously, no uh, Mac Jones, not Mac Jones, no uh, uh, Jones, Daniel Jones, and no Jared Goff in this game. Steelers beat the Buccaneers 27-17, to a combo platter of Pickett, Trubisky, and the dented head Mason Rudolph for the Steelers in this one at quarterback. Baker Mayfield played and played pretty well. For Tampa. Could a Baker Mayfield resurgence be happening down in Tampa? We'll see. Eight for nine, 63 yards and a touchdown. Kyle Trask, their project rookie quarterback, not so good. Six for 10 in this game. The Commanders beat the Browns 17 to 15 as new owner Josh Harris sat in the stands in the rain with fans. To say, ah, you know, I just wanted to feel like I was one of the fans. You know, this is not my team. It's the city's team. He is doing everything right to win back the fan base. Commander fans have to be absolutely giddy that that little shrimpy dipshit, Dan Snyder, is off on his yacht somewhere and no longer owning the team. And yeah, they beat the Browns 17-15 to 15 because it was Jacoby Brissett re- revenge game. As he returned to Cleveland... And uh, split time with Sam at Quarterback Deshaun Watson. Three passes, three completions, 12 yards, and that was that. Cardinals over the Broncos, 18-17. to 17. No Kyler Murray, still recovering from that knee injury. It was the uh, David Blau and Colt McCoy show for the Cardinals. I love David Blau. He was the star of Hard Knocks last summer on uh, for the Detroit Lions. And the perennially injured Colt McCoy. Why... He's still in the league, is stunning to me, but okay. Uh, Guess who played a lot for the Broncos in this game? Almost a full half. Russell Wilson. That's right. Uh, Started slow, kind of came on, did throw a touchdown pass to Jerry jouty 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 7 for 13 for Russell Wilson, Sean Payton, uh, establishing himself as the head coach in Denver, saying, I'll play my starter for a full half. Texans beat the Patriots twenty to nine. CJ Stroud, the Texans' rookie quarterback, two two for four with a pick. Not a great day for him. Uh, no back, no Mac Jones for the Patriots. A lot of Bailey Zappi in this one as the Texans roll. The Seahawks beat the Vikings twenty four to thirteen. No Geno, no Cousins. Uh, Drew Locke played a lot for the Seahawks. Yes, remember that the guy who was thrown in the trade for Russell Wilson. Here you want Drew Lock? We thought he was going to be good, but really, pretty, really, pretty not very good. Uh, he did throw two touchdown passes and over twenty squeezes. I think he had some of the most. He might have had the most passes of any quarterback in preseason week number one. And that is it. That's a wrap for week number one. Do you feel fulfilled? It took me about a good hour to go through all the games and write notes, and I put them on cards. And I still made mistakes. It wasn't as smooth or as flowing as I would have liked, and it doesn't mean anything. And I don't know. It might have been a waste of time. One game Thursday this week, two Friday, 11 on Saturday. Packers, by the way, play the Pats, 8 p.m. on Saturday. Note that. One on Sunday, one on Monday. And then we get to week three, the final week of the preseason. I don't even know if week three is now the new dress rehearsal game. It used to be uh, game three was the, quote, dress rehearsal. Game four was for the bread truck drivers and the firemen. No offense to either profession. Now, how does it work? Who plays? How much do they play? I guess each team, each coach is going to have to figure that out. And now you're up to speed on week one in the preseason in the NFL. And everybody looks good if you want to put on the right glasses. Uh, Few teams, few fan bases, few media members will say, oh boy, going to be a long season. And that's probably a good thing because you can't tell shit from preseason games and not just in regard to the score, who wins and who loses, but they're doing things they wouldn't other, otherwise never do in a regular game. We joke about the draft industrial complex, how it's a whole thing where people get so keyed up about the NFL draft that there's an industrial complex around it. I think we've at times called it the dick, the draft industrial complex. well, There's also a new term I'm going to coin right now called the prick. (laughs) The preseason industrial complex. Listen to your local hosts in your city and tell me, are they getting carried away with what is essentially just a full costumed practice game? Because it's easy to do. We want to see the best in our teams. But we know, intellectually, it's a complete mirage. One more thing from the preseason. I was stunned when I read this. And if the Titans feel good about it, and if head coach Mike Vrabel feels good about it, and if assistant coach Terrell Williams feels good about it, then who am I to say otherwise? But it just seems creepy and weird and condescending. And I don't even know if it's helpful. What am I talking about? Mike Vrabel turned over the team for 48 hours to his assistant, Terrell Williams, to be the acting head coach. Writes the AP copy, and I read this directly, Williams, who is black, capitalized, because I believe the Associated Press or whatever consortium of journalists agreed years ago that when you're referring to Somebody who is African-American or black in skin tone, you capitalize the B in black. I don't think you do that with white, but I may be wrong. Williams, who is black, I feel like Ron Burgundy in the sequel, keeps saying that to the black female head of CNN, black, hopes to become a head coach, does Terrell Williams, and Vrabel wanted to give him some experience. I was prepared because I have Mike and I asked a bunch of questions leading up into this, said Williams. That was the easy part, getting to the football game and actually coaching on this day. That was the easy part. It's the stuff leading up to it, making sure everybody's on time and doing all that stuff, where normally I'm worried about a group of defensive linemen. Now I'm worried about the entire football team. Again, if if both men feel good about this, and the Titans feel good, who am I to say otherwise? It just sounds, I don't know, cringy. Yeah, I got some practice. Yeah, I got to run the team for 48 hours. Let me put that on my resume here. Hold on. Coaching D line in the NFL now for 12 years. Uh, Did this, did that. Oh, don't forget the time I took a preseason team 48 hours, ran it. I told the team, you better be on the bus by 11. Otherwise, I'm leaving without you. Shall we talk about the biggest question when it comes to these quarterbacks in the NFL? Because remember, it is a TV show about quarterbacks. How will you know if your guy is the guy? Or in the immortal words of Whitney Houston, how will I know if he really loves me? The answer is you won't. Not for a while. And you may think you know, and it may look like you know, and the guy might be the talk of the league, and then he might completely crap out. Like I said, the Titans right now have the weirdest quarterback depth chart I've seen. They've got Ryan Tannehill still on the team, but he's currently injured. He was a wide receiver, Tannehill, at Texas A&M until his junior year. And then he gets drafted in the first round, middle first round by the Dolphins. He plays there, eh, sort of okay. Then he goes to the Titans and paired with that rushing attack, had a couple years where you're like, fuck, Tannehill's the dude. And then they get to the playoffs at home and he shits the bed. They know Tannehill in Tennessee is not the guy, but they don't want to get rid of him just yet because they got two projects behind him. In third round pick, Malik Willis of Liberty and second round pick, Will Levis of Kentucky. They're both projects. Hell, the Niners had Jimmy Garoppolo and paid for him in a trade with the Patriots, the second rounder. And then after he played pretty well, they still drafted Trey Lance and paid dearly to move up to get Trey Lance. Then they stumble into Brock Purdy as Mr. Irrelevant. And next thing you know, they're talking about, well, I don't know. Sam Darnold's playing great as a veteran. Do you? Can you really let him go? Maybe Trey Lance is on the bubble. So when you ask, how will we know about Jordan Love? You're not going to know about Jordan Love. You won't know this year. You may not know even next year. You're just going to have to see how to play. You're going to have to see how to play. Can I talk? Oh, it's midnight. That's why (laughs) I I let the day get away from me. By the way, I I'm out here working for you. I said, damn it. I'm not putting out a half ass podcast today. You won't know until you do know, and you may never know. Quote Jim Morris Sr. No, that's not what he said. The quarterback game is like marble racing. Ever watch marble racing on YouTube? Dumbest fucking thing ever. And there's a lot of dumb shit on YouTube. But guys set up, and gals, these elaborate sort of tracks, if you will. And they just take a bunch of marbles with different colors or different patterns like 10 or 12 marbles dump them out and then they call the race of the marbles just winding down around you know some track inside a house i've seen marble racing outdoors on these elaborate outdoor down a huge hillside with dirt little runs and little shoots and jumps And it's completely fucking random. I really do think the quarterback game, who's going to be good, who's not good, is akin to marble racing because I went back to look at some draft classes and I present to you the 2012 quarterback draft class. Try to figure this one out. First overall pick, Andrew Luck. Suck for luck. Remember that? You got to suck for luck, lose as many games as possible. Well, the Colts did. They almost didn't, but they get him. Luck shows that he's really fucking good when he can stay upright, but they couldn't keep him upright. And in addition to not being able to keep him upright, Andrew Luck didn't want to seem to change his quarterbacking style. And so he stood in there time and time again and got fucking blown up to pieces and he got so injured and so exhausted at trying to rehab and come back, he quit suddenly. Right before the season was about to begin, stunned everybody. I think part of it is the Colts didn't protect him correctly, but the other part is Andrew Luck was a moron. He's a very bright moron. He went to Stanford, obviously, he can play quarterback. He had a flip phone, though. Hey, Andrew. Andrew. Maybe don't just stand in there and get murdered when your O line can't protect you. Maybe go to the coaches and say, hey, coaches, we, we got to get some other plays in here. We got to be more balanced. I'm getting murdered back here. So Luck looked like the guy. Then he got completely debacled, as Emmett Smith would say, and he's out of the league. Robert Griffin, second overall pick. Oh, the Redskins paid dearly to go up to get him. He was great for one year, Rookie of the Year, the talk of the league. But then his knee collapsed and fell apart into a heap on that painted sand at FedEx Field in the playoffs against Seattle. He was never the same. Now, had he not blown up that knee in his rookie season, first getting dump trucked by Haloti Nada, then on that stupid piece of shit field that Dan Snyder spent no money on because that's who he is, Would it have been different for Robert Griffin III? I bet you RG3 says it would. Others might say so, but I don't think so. RG3 was a douchebag, is a douchebag. He's delusional about his own abilities. But he's kind of pretty sort of good on ESPN because, well, television rewards douchebags. How do you grade him? Good for a hot minute. You thought everything was good, and then it went completely down the tubes. Tannehill was the 8th overall pick that year, not 17. He was 8th that year, 2012. Brandon Whedon, who played played baseball and football and was really old when he came out of Oklahoma State, drafted by the Browns, 22nd overall, you thought, okay, this guy is kind of, he's kind of a baked product. He should be able to play QB1 at a decent level. Narrator. He, in fact, could not play football at a decent level. Brock Osweiler was a second-round pick that year by the Broncos out of Arizona State. They thought Denver did. They had something in him for a hot second. The Texans really thought that he had something going on, so they went and they spent money on him. Brock Osweiler ended up sucking. Russell Wilson, 2012 class third round draft pick Seahawks didn't think much of him too small. Well, we'll take a chance on him. We'll see what we'll see what we got with him. Of course, they had just spent money on the uh, Packers backup who had thrown a bunch of touchdowns in the one start in replacing one Aaron Charles Rogers at the end of the season. And uh, Russell Wilson went on to be great with the great defense and with a great running back. In Marshawn Lynch. What is he now? We're going to find out this year. Nick Foles is a third-round pick for the Eagles out of Arizona. Nick Foles kind of languished for a while. Then he was good. Then he got benched. Then he came back. Then he ends up winning a Super Bowl only because he replaced one Carson Wentz, who everyone thought was the guy. Oh, this is the guy. He had shown that he was the guy. And then Kirk Cousins was the next quarterback in that draft in the 4th round. And nobody thought he was the guy. They still don't think he's the guy. But he's banked almost 150 million 150 million, 250? I could go to Spotrac earnings here. Hold on a second. Spotrac.com Kirk Cousins. All right, let's just see. No, I'm not subscribing to your newsletter, but thank you very much for asking that. Okay, Kirk Cousins' career earnings. They usually add it up at the bottom. Up Co- oh, there it is. It's a tab, career earnings. Career earnings, $155 million. So when you ask, how will I know if a guy is the guy? Go back and look at the 2012 quarterback draft. Andrew Luck, RG3, Ryan Tannehill, Brandon Whedon, Brock Osweiler, Russell Wilson, Nick Foles, Kirk Cousins, all of those guys, at some point or another, were kind of the guy but not the guy. Wait, is he the guy? I think he might be the guy. You are not going to know about Jordan Love for a while. It's going to be marble racing. That's my opinion. We'll see. I'm excited. He looks like he can play. It looks like he can play. But again, I go back and I look at other draft classes and I go, yep, oh, that guy looks like he could play too. Uh, the 2020 draft at quarterback is looking absolutely like a banger. Joe Burrow, Tua tunga Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts. Those are four of your top five quarterbacks taking the fifth guy. Taken just ahead of Jalen Hurts, Jordan Love for the Packers. If Love turns out to be good, the 2020 draft class will have Burrow. And if Tua, by the way, can stay upright with his new ninja skills he's been working on and not hurt his head, Burrow, Tua, Herbert, Love, Hurts, banger class at quarterback. Okay, let's move on because, man, I've, uh, I've spent a lot of time on these several just few topics. What else did I say I'd talk about today? Oh, yeah, ripped off. (laughs) I've seen a lot of things that make you go, there's no fucking way you should be charging this much for this thing. And many of you say, I will not pay that much for that thing. I saw a belt, a belt in the pro shop at Harbortown. Mind you, this is something to keep your pants from falling on the ground. Pants on the ground, pants on the ground. Was it fancy with some very exotic animal leather? Oh, I'm sure ostrich or alligator or emu or lion. I don't know, but it's a belt. The very same thing meant for a very simple purpose, keep your pants off the ground. The very thing that one Grandpa Simpson once bragged, he used an onion, or he used a rope for a belt with an onion as a belt buckle because it was the style at the time. $599 for a belt. That, however, is not the biggest ripoff that I have ever seen. The $3.99 foam koozie that was on a little cardboard hanger rack piece thing at the grocery store at Harris Teeter. They were selling koozies, the foam things to insulate your drink to keep them from getting too warm too fast in the hot summer sun. $3.99 koozies. Here's how cheap koozie's are. They're one of the few things that even our station, 97 through the game, has as logoed prize giveaways. Nobody's cheaper than our station. We got koozie's, we got bottle opener keychains, and I think that's it. Oh, and we got magnet schedules, magnet logos, cheap stuff. a night, I I go, anyone who walks into Harris Teeter and says, I'm going to buy this foam koozie for $4, you're an idiot. That's not the biggest ripoff ever. I'm sitting, my feet are on the biggest ripoff going. And that is the plastic carpet protecting chair mats that they sell at Office Depot and Staples. As is the case, at least twice a year, maybe more, I probably need to start tracking it. The plastic mat under my chair where my fat ass sits for who knows how many hours doing podcasts, radio shows, et cetera, crumbled and disintegrated because that's what they do. They don't last. So I went to go buy a new one. And this, mind you, is nothing but a flat square of extruded Polymer plastic of some sort that has little nubs in the bottom to keep it from slipping. And it was $57. Are you fuck? Seriously? Seriously. And I'm going to have to replace this in six months. Biggest ripoff going. If there's a bigger ripoff going, let me know. There's no way there's $57 worth of plastic. There's no way there's $57 worth of plastic and engineering. There's no way of, there's no way of saying that there's $57 of plastic engineering and shipping costs to get this plastic mat to stores. It is pure profiteering based on, well, what are you going to do? Rip up your carpet and put hardwood down? Well, guess what, fatso? You're going to tear up the hardwood with that chair as you sit in it for nine hours a day. Good luck on that. I know they make uh, they make wooden mats like this that don't disintegrate. I've investigated getting one of them for the nicer little square of wood, several hundred dollars, plus expensive shipping. And I'm like, no, ain't doing that shit either. Biggest ripoff going. And then there's this. It wasn't the house I'll miss. It was the digits. My parents have moved out of the ancestral home and the mean streets of McLean, Virginia that I was raised in. And they have downsized to a much more reasonable and senior friendly living arrangement, which is about 30 minutes closer to where we live, which is great, by the way, because I look forward to visiting them a whole lot more. That said, their iconic, and I say this with all sincerity, their iconic landline number that they secured for 7903 Stirrup Cup Lane, the ancestral home of yours truly, back in 1972, the iconic number, they had to give it up, the landline. Oh, they got a landline at the new apartment, despite... My dad saying, ah, nobody needs a landline. Well, yeah, they need a landline because today I tried to call both of their cell phones. Neither one picked up. Now, if you're a child whose parents are still alive, God bless them, in their 80s, and you're trying to call both of them and none of their phones pick up ever, three rings, uh, three calls in a row, bop, bop, bop. Okay, dad, maybe his uh, dad, bop, bop, no. I had to go in the settings for my mom to get her ring, her ringtone to be as loud and obnoxious as possible. Because when I tested her phone, it wasn't ringing very loud and it had notifications on. It was a whole kerfungal of settings that I couldn't figure out. Also, I tried to set it so that, I wanted to set it to let phone ring 20 times if it can. Just ring, 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 real loud. 20 times before it goes to voicemail. Guess what? Quick Google search said, eh, depends on the carrier. Some carriers, you can set the number of rings or how long it'll ring before it goes to voicemail in your phone. Other carriers, oh no, you're going to have to call them. They're the ones who control that. Get out of here. That said, my parents... Where was they? So the phone number, they had to give up. They They have a landline now, thank God for that. But they had to give up maybe the greatest phone number, I think, ever. And maybe it's because it's just special to me. I know. I don't give a shit about the house. It was a great house. We got all the photos, great memories. Let somebody else have it. They made a killing on it because <laughs> where they lived, super expensive real estate now in the D.C. area. The phone number, though. Listen to this, 703-8, by the way, don't call this number, please. I mean, you can, I guess. I doubt it's going anywhere. It's probably going to voicemail. You call if you want. It's not going to do anything. 703-821-2422. What a number. 703-821-2422. 821-2422. That number if they could have sold that number to the highest bidder, somebody would have said, Holy oh, shit, that's a sharp sounding number. Listen to how easily it rolls off the tongue. Listen to how easily you can remember it 703 821 2422. Give the number up. Now I've got to investigate getting my parents each a giant senior flip phone that all it does is it rings. And you flip it open, and they can go, hello, who is this? Because they say they love their smartphones, but man, they have no idea how to use them. And I kind of don't blame them, because when I got in there to try to muddle with the settings, even I was quickly overwhelmed. All right, 45 minutes in, just me. I hope I delivered entertainment for you today. Tomorrow, we'll get back to our usual schedule of contributors as we start the week off right. Holy shit, it's 12.15. Got to wake up quick in six hours or less to do the morning show on 97.3 The Game. I hope you join us then. Go to iHeart.com or the iHeart Radio app and look for 97.3 The Game out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And uh, you will hear the show every day via the app if you don't already live in the great state of Wisconsin and or Milwaukee. Thanks for listening. Have a great Monday, everybody, and we will see you next time.